Uh, I'm an adrenaline junkie. I keep the heart rate high. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. I, I felt I had a little too much hair on my head, and I thought this would be the cheap. This is the cheapest way to get rid of it. Say, kid, what do you want to be when you grow up? Say, kid, what do you want? What do you want to be? What do you want to be when you grow up? Say, say, say. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Becoming a Doctor, a podcast where two fourth year medical students talk about the only thing that we ever talk about. More true today than ever before. (laughs) Medical school. I'm your host, Santana Sanchez. I'm your co-host, Kevin Gale. And you can check out this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, becomingadoctorpod.com, on Twitter, at becomingadocpod, and we're all over the place. All over. Hard to to miss us, really. And uh, you can send us your adoring fan mail at our email address what is it kevin j gale at gmail.com can we go over again how you locked down that email address that's so impressive <laughs> <laughs> i'm shocked one of the og gmail sign up right? uh, yeah by the time you danny franny all got to your email Sign-ups, too late. way too late <laughs> i have so many numbers in mine what is Fran- franny's do you want to say it off the off the mic? Yeah, I'll say it off the mic. Uh, yes. I feel like I can still hear the mic. Nah. I can't I can't dox her like that. My girlfriend's uh not just first name, middle initial, last name, that's for sure. Yeah. No, hers only has one letter. Oh, yeah. Nope. Or one not number. Even I mean. close. It's got a number. One number. Yeah. Mine's got several. Anyways. That's beside the point. Um, I uh, let's address the elephant in the room. Yes, this is our first segment. You're right, every all listeners. <laughs> we were the hosts of our school's <laughs> match day event. The hosts with the mosts. The hosts with the most. The MCs without mds let's that's a great phrase that's what we should have gone by <laughs> um let's back up match day was friday it's like everyone knows yep we'll talk about the results many times during this podcast but like Buckle a, up. a month before match day one of the coordinators said hey you got to find some mcs and i didn't think twice i said <laughs> i knocked on your door i know just the guys i knocked on your door I said Santana, and I was like, um, "One minute, please." <laughs> we were made for this. We have thirty-seven podcasts that have trained us for MC, <laughs> and we basically did superlatives. Yes, hilarious. That's exactly what we did. Killed the killed the room. We slayed. Uh, and then afterwards, uh, you were kind of bipping and bop around, and a lady from 
University of Minnesota Duluth campus came in to find us and say mm. how great we did. We did. She called. She described it as quantum level mechanics of emceeing, and every other program she's ever seen wasn't even close. Every other was Match like program. She hasn't even seen. It was like addition, <laughs> counting numbers. We were quantum level mechanics. Um, and I wish. Uh, you're going to be busy, busy, busy in residency, as we all are. Yeah. But how can we get you plugged in to, like, NPR Colorado and be <laughs> and be the resident, like, the doctor on staff to take calls? Because, first off, you have great mic presence. Great technique. I learned from the best. Microphone to your lips. Mm-hmm. At all Second times. off, you probably have the best radio voice out of all the residents coming in and the docs at the University of Colorado. Easily. And third off, you're young, right? You bring the young energy. Mm, mm, so mm. I've been called the oldest 27-year-old on the face of the earth. When was that? I don't know. A couple <laughs> days ago. Almost. I feel like I hear it on a daily basis. I mean, you and I both, we have to get ready for residency in the next three months, but we don't have much going on, let's be honest. No more rotations. Done. And no more rotations. <laughs> you know, no more rotations. Great success. <laughs> yep, go on. Completed rotations successfully. Wow, wow, is very nice. Rotations are all over with. This is how I went. What was that? I was a little bit quiet. Say it one more time. This is how I went. Okay. Yep. <laughs> uh, but we have time. Maybe you and I should... I mean, I'm serious. Maybe we should put our combined forces together and see which doctor in Denver is doing the NPR stuff and get you plugged in. Because you could have a career in answering questions on the on the radio. I could. Every city has one. Sorry. <laughs> Every city has one. This could be you. My mic technique is falling apart. It could, but um, I would have to like have the answers to the questions. That's the thing. Yeah. yeah. It'd probably be better in five or ten years is yeah. what you're saying. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. It's a good point. So let's table it. Let's table it. I love the idea. Once I actually learn some stuff... <laughs> No, I think you're right. I think you're right. It probably would be better to have some experience under your belt. Right. Um, okay. Um, all right. Where were we? Match day. We emceed. Elephant in the room. Yep. We killed the game. It was a really great week leading up. And that morning was so much fun emceeing with you. It was, it was cracking jokes. And our job was to keep things lighthearted so people could take their mind off where they were in a match. Exactly. Um, and then, as you know, the moment at 11 a.m. when we open our envelopes, uh, my partner started grieving acutely because we didn't expect to move. Mm-hmm. And so, at that moment, and so did I, yeah. obviously. But, like, yep. if my partner's crying, I'm going into comforting mode. Right, right, of course. I will cry when I'm, like, talking with you and, like, it can grieve myself. So, we leave the room immediately. Yep. Where there's 150 students who probably are mostly celebrating, you know, maybe 10% who are sad. Yeah. Um, we were in the sad category. <laughs> and <laughs> and so I don't have no idea what happened after that. Like, picture, people were taking pictures or 
hugs mm-hmm. or bipping and bopping around. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me, tell me about it. I, I honestly don't know what you guys did for the next 45 minutes. Because um, we were outside crying. Right. So Kevin went out. Kevin's like... Because I didn't match at my top three programs. Yeah. All Minneapolis programs. Mm-hmm. And I thought I was going to. Yes. And as Jake says, expectations are the root of all heart heartache. Shut up, Jake. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Just kidding. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, so I opened it up and I was like, what? I was very... I. It was just... It's just a weird... It's a weird thing. Um, uh, because I was pretty anxious the whole week. Um, we knew that we had matched both of us. We didn't know where, as you, as you were saying, and I had been, you know, uh, I don't know, thinking about, oh, moving to all these different places. Right. You Uh, had Southern California, the almost the, the most Northwest state you can go, Washington. Yep. You had Illinois. Yep. You had Colorado. I mean, like across the country, Mm -hmm. literally, Mm -hmm. literally. And, um, and then in like, you know, a second you read that name, that place and it's like, oh, that's it. This is the deal. This is where we're going. Right. Um, and so I am very grateful that I got, that I matched at my, at my top, uh, program, extremely excited, but it's just weird. Cause it's all of a sudden it's all this buildup for, I mean, from four years, literally of work and then what, six months of residency application mm-hmm. interviews mm-hmm. and then a week of like just acute anxiety right wondering what it's going to be and then in like in a second it just kind of all i don't know it hit it hit me like a like a uh like a break yeah to the dome yeah um so i was just a little bit shocked and then everybody else you know i wasn't paying it really that much attention everybody else is excited you know people are they're with their families. Everybody's excited for them, taking right. photos. Um, so I ended up matching with two of my classmates, two of our classmates. So I went and said hi to them, took pictures, and then I was like, where's KG at? Got to go find him. Yeah. So we just kind of walked around a little bit in the back. I got those couple of photos, mm-hmm. and then I was like feeling like I was in a daze. Yeah. Um, and I was like, KG's not back. So we went out and found you. Right. Um, did you get a photo of you and Franny together? I don't know. I truly don't know. Danny and I did not take a single photo that day. weren't in the mood to like put some smiles on and yeah, of course, pretend like things are okay. Um, but yeah, by the time we got back, literally everyone was gone. Not yeah. literally, there were probably eight people left out of two hundred and fifty, three hundred people. Yeah, it was like very uh, loud for probably like five minutes, and then people cleared out. You know, people wanted to go, go celebrate, celebrate, drinks, go or see family. Yeah, or people who were. I mean, not everybody got their top choice. You know, people. Even if you get your second choice, it's still disappointing, right? Yeah, because so, you start envisioning some path down the first choice. Exactly. So I'm sure a lot of people just needed space to. Um, and we kind of touched on this before. Like the whole match day thing is weird. It's like. It's just so, it's just such a vulnerable event that then you're supposed to experience with all these other people. strangers. Yeah, you know, maybe. We have 250 people in our class. Exactly. And like I'm friends with 
with the majority of the people from Twin Cities, but I'm close wow. friends with maybe like... humble brag. I mean, I'm not enemies <laughs> with any of them. I'm close friends with maybe 10. Right. Uh, and then it's all their families. It's like, I don't... Yeah, it's a weird it's a weird thing. I don't feel like this is the place. And last year was the first year they did it online for Zoom, mm-hmm. which made a lot of sense because it was COVID. Right. I mean, medically it made a lot of sense. Yes. But then taking a step back, it makes sense to be with the have be with the people who you value the most. Right. Um and not have this expectation to hang out with the deans and right. like peers but not friends or family Mm -hmm. and like one of the most pivotal and vulnerable moments of your life yeah um and i was saying that right i'm like match day why are we doing it in person they didn't listen right right or do it at northrop where you can have as many people as you want instead of having a one guest limit or maybe two guest limit right um so anyways that's why this this story is just keeps going nowhere this is the never-ending topic that's why a uh, hundred of our classmates didn't go to match day. Right, exactly. They chose to watch the live stream or not watch at all. Just right. open open their email, open their email account, uh, and see where they matched, and then be you know surrounded by all all their all their loved ones. Yeah. Um. Yeah. 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 Weird time. And then so then after that we what did we do? We we tried to rally a little bit. We went over to friend of the pods, uh, friends of the pods. We got, we have had Victoria Sharpentier on. We've had Corey Prask on. Oh yeah, we've had Rachel Gottlieb on. Mm-hmm. We will be having the fourth person in that group. Mm, who on could it today. be? It's a secret. Um, uh, yeah, so we wanted to go like I don't know, go say hi. Go say hi. I didn't think it was congratulate a good idea them at the time because. You were, we're not in the right headspace. Yes. And I was like, did not realize how, uh, like disappointed, the level of disappointment that you guys had experienced because you did, you know, you guys honestly, I mean, I, I, clearly you guys were sad, but I didn't realize that level. I thought, um, I thought it'd be totally chill to go say hi, congratulate those guys and then leave. Right. But that must've been super trippy. Yeah, um, yeah. On like the surface level, it's like, oh, Kevin matched. That's awesome, right? And they'll be good. But there's so many. It's 100 percent disruptive for Danny mm-hmm. to uproot her life. 100. Like, percent There's nothing non-disruptive about it. <laughs> yes. Right? Is that yeah. right to say that it's 100 percent disruptive? Um. Uh. New house. New friends. New job. Same Kevin. <laughs> That's got to count for something. Yeah. Okay. Well, not 100% disruptive. Uh, other than Kevin. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, not in the mood to celebrate. You know, I guess I'm glad we went over there just to give some hugs, but went to done it again. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, tried to rally, like you said. And then Danny just peaced out for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I went and I ate a lunch and then I went to sleep at Duh. like 3 p.m. You were not sleeping well. No. Um, and I had used up all my socializing by being the MC for the event. I could not see another human being <laughs> that day. Nope, not going to happen. Um, and, and I'm thankful for you 
And I'm thankful for Sarah and I'm thankful for Corey because I got like three really good cry sessions in over the weekend mm. where I needed to like grieve. And Dr. Kim. I went to Dr. Kim's house on Sunday. He gave me his personal address. Wow. His kids were like, one had gastroenteritis in the, in the, in the, like a G- upset stomach, right? Like, poor guy inside. And he still made time for me. So I was able to grieve like acutely four times, which I needed. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Long week. And now it's, what day is today? Tuesday? Tuesday. And it's been four days? Four days. Uh, and we're still trying to figure out what this disruptive uh, matching process will look like for Danny. Right. And that's not going to be solved anytime soon. Right. Because for me, as I said to every residency application interview, I'll be fine. I just plug in, work really hard every day. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, yeah, we get plenty of support. We get mentors. We get other peers. We get built-in friends. Mm-hmm. You know, so... The future is a lot less certain for me. I just show up to a city and work hard. Right. So anyways, that's uh, is that segment number one? I don't know. Uh, Yep. <laughs> segment one over. So for segment two, wait, do we need a sounder for that? Hang on. I gotcha. Segment one. <laughs> over. Uh, yeah. Segment two, I wanted to do a, a, bring back an old segment called... Uh, a little th- something we like to call Journal Club. Uh, I didn't know we were doing this. Hold on. Hold on. What do you want to do? Journal Club. Journal Club. Ugh. <laughs> Journal Club. Uh, so I went out to Google. Do-do-do-do-do. Top 100 uh, nature articles of 2021. I was like, there's got to be a good one in here for me to read and then teach nature the the <sighs> most prestigious publication in the world basically right yes the creme de la creme yes exactly you could say yep the upper echelon and basically <laughs> these articles are all so boring <laughs> put me straight to sleep i mean think on the top 100 nature articles most of them are going to be over your head, right? Uh, excuse you. <laughs> Am I not right? Excuse. Well, here's a good one. So number one. Wait. So are we doing one journal club? This is it. We're breaking down one. Uh, journal club. The, here's the title for number one. Yeah. <laughs> a well-trained artificial neural network for predicting the re <laughs> the rheological behavior. Of M W C N T A L two O three thirty to seventy percent oil S A E hybrid nano fluid. That's the most read article. Wait, I have one word for that. What? <laughs> That's what I said. What? Didn't open that one. <laughs> read it. My eye. I mean, took me like ten tries to read the title. Still don't know what it means. I'll sleep halfway through. Yeah. My eyes glazed. So, and then 80 plus percent, we'll say 70 plus percent of the remaining top 100 articles are all about COVID. And I'm like, I'm not, I don't, I don't, I'm not no. interested in this. Nope. That's not fun. Nope. So then I was like, screw this. Yep. <laughs> X. And I found a different article. Lifestyle and life satisfaction. 
The Role of Delayed Gratification, published in 2021 in the Journal of Happiness. <laughs> How do I work there? <laughs> How can I be CEO of happiness? Oh, that's talk about a career goal. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> so I tried to read this one and it was so boring. They did some, you know, you know how these researchers are. They're always making stuff complicated. Yeah, for sure. Doing some math, controlling for variables, Yep. but I'll, I'll get down Double to Double blind. <laughs> I'll get, they kept saying exogenous and endogenous. And I was like, I barely even know Say what? how to pronounce those words. Um, but I'll get down to the, uh, this will be our journal club. Okay. You know, I did the heavy lifting here. Yep. AKA skimming this article for five <laughs> minutes. So you don't have to. Yeah, teach me. Basically, they uh, looked at uh, life satisfaction, quote unquote, which they got through a survey, basically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People just said, oh, I'm satisfied with my life or not, scale of one to seven. And they found that there's a causal relationship between increased life satisfaction and healthy lifestyle choices. They specifically looked at eating fruits and veg. Mm -hmm. So people who ate more fruits and veg had higher uh, life satisfaction scores and people who participated in sport. So people who exercise also had a higher. Um, Shocking that you're saying causal causal instead of correlation so there has been lots of studies in the past this is what the whole article is about yeah that have showed a correlation yeah and something about their methodology that i truly do not understand <laughs> tried to do it tried <laughs> to understand <laughs> uh sh- showed that there is that there's a causal relationship between these uh between doing these healthy lifestyle choices and having increased life satisfaction yep um, and this was when they controlled for gender, although there were gender differences, age, although there were age differences, yes, and um, like income level, economic bracket, although there were differences. So people who were in the highest uh, income, the, yeah, the top quartile across the board had the highest life satisfaction. Mm-hmm. So really, you could say eat fruits and veg. Yep. Exercise, exercise. Join the softball team and be rich. And be rich, and you're going to be satisfied, right? Um. Well, you got two out of three. Uh, fruits and vegetables, and, and <laughs> one, on. out, one out of three working yeah. out on a daily. One out of three. That's good enough for me. Uh. <clears throat> so there you have it. You want to be happy? Eat some fruits. Yeah, for sure. Um, and they, they basically showed that, well, from what they said in their results section or their conclusion, because again, I did not understand their methodology. Yep. Um, they showed that the, uh, in the improved satisfaction with life was due to the investment put in and exercise and eating fruits as opposed to the immediate gratification yeah, yes, of yeah. eating a fruit or going the next on a five run. minutes, right. Exactly. Right. Like going on a run does make you feel good. Well, you know, those are choices we can control, right? Eating and exercising. You know what I always say about choices? It is not our abilities that 
show what we truly are. It is our choices. <laughs> wow, so wise. <laughs> so there you have it. Um, that's great. You know, I tend to eat fruits and vegetables. I tend to work out. Eventually, I'll be rich. Like maybe just as a doctor. Oh yeah, true. You know what I mean. So that's good news. Things are looking up, right? What'd you say? Things are looking real good. <laughs> but you just got to put in those investments. Yes, for sure. Are you looking for sounders right now? Or? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking for a good summary sentence, but I think I basically summarized it. Yeah. Eat fruits and vegetables, work out, and try to have some income. I love it. All right. So that's our journal club. Yep. Oh, yeah. Sure. Let's do it. Next Next segment. Next segment. What's next? After match, immediately went to a post-match party. Yes. Friends of the pod, Rachel Gottlieb, Corey Preska, Victor- Victoria Charpentier. Yep, yep, yep. And who else? One person has been dodging us since the dawn of time. Yes. And he finally agreed. He said, post-match... I don't care what I do post-match. <laughs> I'll even come on your guys' stupid podcast. And let's call him up. Time to go mobile. One more let's time. Let's get him on the line. A little line. louder. Time to go mobile. Let's get him on the line. Here we go. His name is Tom Sorensen. This week's guest, Tommy Sorensen. Tomboy. <laughs> the Tomster. Tommy Tom Tom. Mm. T.S. Future Doc. Yeah. Aren't we all? Well, <laughs> us three are. You're right. No answer? Hello? Tom? Oh boy, this is awkward. Thomas? Should we call him back? Hello? There, there he, is. he is. Welcome to the pod. Oh, we're already on? Yeah. Oh. We're live, there's no, dude. There's no prelim or anything? Nope. I just go straight in. We yeah, don't do prelims. In. Oh, my gosh. Welcome. Well, color me unprepared. <laughs> this is why we need you, Tom, on the pod. <laughs> yeah, get your notes together. You're yeah, talking can we do points. A, can we do a five-minute recess so I can clean up my lunch? <laughs> nope. No recess. Leave the lunch All for right. later. Okay, so. Oh, boy. Well, then, we're, we're coming in hot, then. You, uh, you've got me completely unprepared. I'm flustered. <laughs> yeah, I, this, this is a gotcha. Speaking of unprepared. Gotcha. I did, I didn't Are text... the gotcha girls going to come out? Yep. yep. We got them here on standby. Uh, I didn't text you. Is there a delay right now? Can you hear us right away? Yeah, yeah right okay, away. Okay, perfect. I didn't text you the questions, but they're very simple. The number one question is, who's Tom Sorensen? And Ooh. you can give us the old residency application speech, just like the sure. four minutes on where you came from, who you are. Four minutes? One minute. 90 seconds. As long as you need. <laughs> we have all day. We literally have all day. Yeah. <laughs> um, who is Tom Sorensen? So do you want, like, you know, so, you know, I was born and raised in Rochester, Minnesota, Um I uh, went to a college at the University of Wisconsin after graduating from Mayo High School. In Go Rochester, Badge. Minnesota. Go Badge. That's right. Um, after finishing college, I kind of went to college thinking that I was going to go to medical school and being a doctor. Mm. I finished undergrad. I applied to medical school the first time. I did not get in the first time that I applied, so I kind of had to 
Audible and figure out my life. I came back to Rochester. I was a research fellow for two years. I did all sorts of volunteering. I checked all the boxes. I applied the second time. Much more successful, chose to come to the University of Minnesota Medical School, which is how we find ourselves today on the Becoming a Doctor podcast. <laughs> wow. Tom, Hosted is- by Kevin Gale and Santana Sanchez. That's yes. such a good summary. You nailed it. Well, I only did it 22 times over the past <laughs> three months. You got it. You could do it with your eyes closed. Well, you know, you don't know. You can't see me, of course, but in fact, my eyes are closed. (laughs) Caught me. Um, That's a good summary. Uh, The second question we always go to, or what are you doing in med school? But before we go into that, why don't you just give us a little summary of match? We just talked about match for 20 minutes. Match summary. You You give us a little match match summary for Thomas Sorensen. For Thomas Sorensen, sure. So match summary is... um, I applied to plastic surgery um, for my residency. I only applied to plastic surgery, so I did not dual apply. Um, I well, well, there you go. What can I say? Uh, I'm an adrenaline junkie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep the, I, <laughs> keep the heart rate high doing that. I keep the heart rate high. That's what I'm saying. Exactly. I, I felt I had a little too much hair on my head, and I thought this would be the cheap. This is the cheapest way to get rid of it. So, you think Rachel um, would agree with that—that that you have too much hair on your head right now. I don't think so. I think both of us are losing hair at a rapid rate these days. <laughs> oh no! So, but the, you know, the nice thing is, is it falls off of her, and somehow. Judging by all of my clothes, everything, it seems to, her hair seems to stick all over me. So the hair that she loses comes back to me, and, you know, it's kind of this circle of life effect that's going on in our <laughs> the apartment. Old, so, the classic circle of life. The classic uh, yes. circle of life, exactly. So I applied to plastic surgery. I, I only applied to plastic surgery. Um, I interviewed at a few places. I did um, pretty, I was very happy with the places that I interviewed. Um, and, I made my rank list based a little bit on where Rachel, who's my partner and who applied and matched into urology, ended up. Urology, for those of you who are unfamiliar, have has a different match. So they match earlier than everybody else. On February 1st, she got her email and she ended up at Leahy Clinic in Boston. Um, and so we were definitely heavily targeting the East Coast, trying to end up, you know, close, the same city, close cities, you know, there were kind of all these permutations of uh, best, uh, good, and worst scenario. Um, I matched at NYU in Manhattan, and I am absolutely thrilled to be there. I am very sad to not be in the same city as Rachel, my partner, and I think that she would agree with both of those statements, that she's thrilled I'm at NYU She's thrilled that she's at Leahy, and both of us are sad that we will not be together for the next couple of years. Um, But, you know, it was definitely a bittersweet day, um, and I can pretty confidently say that um, going through that day again is something that I hope never to do. It was, (laughs) I think, even in a a scenario where you get a perfect result, the emotions of opening an envelope that sort of dictates the rest of your life, at least in the moment, it feels like Mm -hmm. the rest of your life, a huge mountain. Um, 
you know, I, I'm looking forward to the next stage of the game being the traditional apply to jobs, have <laughs> options, and choose your own fate. I'm definitely a choose my own fate kind of yeah, guy. Yeah, that'll be nice one day. <laughs> Someday. That will be nice. Yeah, in 12 years, I'm looking forward to choosing my own fate. <laughs> no, but um, it was, you know, we're, we're really thrilled. Now, and, and, I'm, and now that I'm you're really post-match... Yeah, is that why you've decided to come on our podcast? Why were you dodging us for so for a year and a half, Tom? Kevin, I'm a tough guy to pin down. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. You know, I had research projects to complete. I have mm-hmm. this snake plant that needs to be watered all the damn time. <laughs> Those pesky snake plants are just so thirsty. My, the, yeah, that's right. The dust just accumulates everywhere. I'm you should call dusting. Rachel a snake plant. That's not nice of you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, got him. Let the record show that I am referring to the actual snake <laughs> in my apartment, which, I, interestingly enough, originated in Kevin Santana and Franny's apartment. That's right. Came to my apartment. It was adopted by us for residency interviews because it provided a more aesthetic background um, and has since stayed in our apartment. I hear thrived. it will not be making – it's thriving. Well, it's it's surviving. It I just I saw it yesterday. It's, it's thriving. It's thriving. It's thriving. Um, I hear snake plants do not do well at altitude, so Kevin and Franny are, or Satan and Franny are not looking for it back. I'm happy Mm-mm. to rehome this thing when I leave for New York wow. because I don't think this really. It doesn't seem like it's got the cutthroat New Yorker uh, personality that <laughs> I'm really looking for in the plants that I bring along. Um, this is kind of a Midwest laid back, maybe even a West Coast plant. Um, so I'm I'm willing to part with this to do a good home. Um, as long as, you know, there's like, there's a personality match. Um, yeah, that plant's so out, chill, you know? dude. Way too chill reach for out. New York. It would never make it. That city this would plant, eat it no, alive. This plant would not make This plant would get eaten alive in New York. Absolutely. Too much carbon dioxide. Too many... Too many toxic personalities. Uh, you know, it's gonna it's gonna try and jaywalk and just get run the hell over and, by a yellow cab. And no, on the flip you. side, you're gonna thrive in New York. <laughs> on, on the flip side, exactly the same reasons why this plant will not thrive in New York are the exact reasons why I will thrive in New York. That's exactly right. I'm so, really excited for you because you told me maybe a year and a half ago, two years ago, that you're like you've always wanted to live in New York. Uh, there's just so much of it that attracts uh, the city to you. So congrats, I guess, on being able to... Congrats. It's sad and it's... Thank you. ...of your partner, but it's also fun for you to start that chapter. Absolutely. It, it, I'm so excited. Um, it's just fabulous. And uh, I couldn't be more happy. I really am, you know, so excited about the next six years. It's going to be really hard. Lots of hard work and, you know, lots of struggles and all that. But I think it's going to be really fun and rewarding at the same time. And I'm glad to be doing it. You know, the um, when we think of when I think of my list and the alternatives, you know, I could have been on the West Coast, I could have been in the South, you know, and so um, bittersweet that it's not Boston. But honestly, I'm I'm so beyond excited that I I couldn't even say. So it's really it's really fun. Woo! Exactly. Thank Um, you. And then normally on the pod, we talk about what you're doing in med school, but I will summarize that for the three of us. None of us have any more rotations. You have one more week of emergency medicine, right? Have I have three more shifts. How many more shifts? One. No, I have six more, five, oh. five, five more shifts. Plus, I have an exam, and I have the ambulance ride along. Oh. So I actually am yes, not that. Oh. What am I doing in med school right now? I'm actually in the throes of emergency medicine. Wow. Um, post-match. As a fun, post-match. Well, yeah, fun trenches. fact for all, of the, um, for all of the third and second years and first years out there who – 
and undoubtedly listen to this podcast because I do know how popular it is. Um, <laughs> do not put a post. Don't have a post match uh, a rotation. I'll be honest; it's it's a struggle. the 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 doctors hate it. I hate it. Everyone hates it. There there are no winners in this situation. There are only losers. The patients are losers. I'm a loser. The, the doctors are losers. It's really just swing and a miss, three strikes, and we're all out. So, um, oh, that's funny. go Mets. That's funny. You, uh, you know, if you could do it all over again, you would have been done at this point. You're saying? No, I think if I could do it all over again, I just wouldn't have done an emergency medicine rotation. I don't think I would have rather done it at any other time. I think I just rather would not have done it at all. Right. Um, but you know, such is life. We, I actually just finished up my virtual becoming a doctor session this morning of the sort of write-ups and personal introspective reflections. Um, so it's really been a big day for me of moving <laughs> forward, preparing for uh, residency, and really, um, I dare say, the becoming of a doctor. Yes. And yes. now this is to cap it off. Finally coming on the pod. Yes, where you really Finally truly become a doctor. This right. is well, it. it was po- it, I know. I do feel more... Uh, more physician like having been on this podcast. Tom, I got I, it's, well, it's amazing I've been so scared of it this whole time. I don't know what I was worried about. You know, you got a reputation to uphold. Can't be bogged yeah. down with the two of us. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm not easy. We didn't no want, one's ever called me easy. We didn't want NYU plastic surgery department listening to this podcast and casting some type of doubt on your character. Right. So mm-hmm. I get it. That's now. right. You're matched. That's right. Everyone's in a binding contract. Nothing yep. anyone That's can right. do. That's right. If you kill somebody now, you're still matched. You're still going. Is that true? <laughs> no, no. I don't think so. Uh, I have so many questions for you, though. We have like the basic podcast Please. questions, but more importantly, ask, ask what did you all. think about Santana's and my MC? Oh, match yes. Day? The hard-hitting uh, questions. First person to break it down on pod. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, this is really good. I do feel in a position of power as the first podcast <laughs> guest after the famous uh, match day MCing experience. And I have got to say... The um, the emotional uh, the the emotional height and and um, the, the the like stress and anxiety that I'm sure was in the match day room. I wasn't there myself. I was at home. Where the emotional height and stress was was very high, and there were only three of us there. <laughs> I can only imagine that room was just you know you could have you could have cut the uh, the stress with a knife. Yeah, some would say true. And um, so it's hard to you know be in a uh, MC position, you know, kind of addressing a crowd that really doesn't give a damn what you're saying and all they want is their envelope, but they're there because they have to be there. It's this, you know, and the, they heard that the muffins at the buffet bar were just going to be fabulous, so they showed up. Um, and But I thought that the two of you did a fabulous job with wow. your the, sort of the theme of your, uh, of your emceeing with these uh, – what, what uh, superlatives, superlatives. Yep. and using the superlatives as a way of both introducing speakers as well as kind of keeping the mood light, uh, uh, revealing your own senses of humor and kind of moving the time along. Um, you know, it was uh, an excellent um, distraction for periods of time before you know getting the ultimate match result. And I thought, you know, personally, knowing most of the people that the plat- that the superlatives were about, knowing the two of you. And having kind of an intimate uh, understanding of what's going on, thought that it was absolutely hilarious. The uh, best hiker award, and then you showed the entire Duluth class, killed me. Absolutely hilarious. Because when you first were like, best hiker, 
I was like, this is the stupidest one. Like, what on earth? What on earth? Like, what? This is so dumb. And then, of course, you showed the entire Duluth class, and it was perfect, and it made so much sense, and I just uh, – I couldn't handle it. So I, I cried. I laughed super hard at that one. I'm trying to think. There were a couple the, – the most bald one was just, like, goofy because it's John Cahar, and we love Army John. Yeah. And it's just a, an excuse to throw Army John up on exactly. the screen. And looking I'll never good. say no to an excuse to throw good-looking yeah. Army John looking, up on the screen, sharp. I'll be honest with you. Yeah, or, or you know, the, the Best Eyes Award. I don't really understand why he won, why the dean won the Best Eyes Award. But when you started to zoom in, it really became far more clear why those baby blues just piercing yep. into my soul um, – uh, really improved my match day experience. So I thought that the uh, emceeing was fabulous. I got one text from a sister of one of the people we were with asking if it was supposed to be this awkward, which perhaps <laughs> means that uh, to an outside viewer on YouTube, they won't find it quite as funny. But I, in my moment of need and stress, uh, the two of you absolutely delivered. Mm. So I commend mm-hmm. you and, and thank you for that. Wow. Fishing for compliments. Wow. You delivered. <laughs> uh, it's funny because you say in this this event where most people are don't want to hear what you're talking about just want to open the envelopes emceeing is hard enough when you're like entertaining people who are excited about something right yeah the, mm-hmm. oh yeah the crowd is not there to be entertained yeah, yeah it's not a saturday night at the ivory room crowd. <laughs> yeah, exactly we'll put it that way nobody's no. been drinking yeah or maybe they have been drinking a little bit but certainly not enough yeah and um you That's know there's funny, no dude. karaoke or pianos being played it's it's, it's a tough crowd tough to entertain crowd. Probably one of the top. I got to say, you had your work cut out for you, and um, I think you did as good of a job as we could have asked for in that scenario. Wow. Um, Too kind. Thank you, Tom. Fishing for compliments, you delivered. All right, next (laughs) question. You know what it is, Santana. Do I know what it is? Favorite med school Uh, memory. And I know we're springing this on you, so mm. you can take a second to kind of pause, Mm -hmm. think about it. Santana, have we talked about our favorite med school memories? Um, I think we have. I don't remember. I mean, I know one of them that pops into my mind was the Halloween party of second year when I looked at you and I said, Santana, do you want to be my roommate? And you go, that sounds great. And everything else fell into place. The Halloween party? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were like playing flip cup together, just crushing, laughing. I was like, Santana, will you room with me? Yeah, and then Tori came up to me. You was like, was born. Yes, the Ewing Socialist. Yes, the podcast was born mm-hmm. at that The podcast moment. was born, some would say. Tori comes up to me. She's like, uh, are you sure you know what you're getting into? <laughs> <laughs> Rooming with uh, Kevin. Good old Tori looking out for Kevin yeah. and Santana. Any, mm-hmm. But any, when you say that, does anything pop in your mind? Uh, you know, I think in retrospect, I have lots and lots and lots of really good memories, but I will choose a memory that involves you and Santana because we are on the podcast and because it seems most relevant. Hmm. Favorite memory of medical school, uh, looking back, first day of anatomy class, when I had just started to get to know who this Kevin Gale character is, and he is really someone that I have, unlike anyone I've ever met in my entire life, quite honestly, (laughs) um, in all aspects. Not, Not only is he 37 years old but he acts like he's like 14 he mm-hmm. looks like he's 22 Perfect. and um hey. he is uh just like the most positive you know in your face person i've ever met in my life um very different than my own personality <laughs> and uh, we are in anatomy lab the very first day 
And who drops? No, it couldn't be anybody but Kevin Gale, who is about to pass out, leaves the room, and ends up getting a latte with our soon-to-be favorite surgery professor ever, Dr. James Harmon. Oh, Goes, shout plays out. the piano, gets his way out of the first day of anatomy, and <laughs> next thing I know um, is my best friend, or one of my best friends in medical <gasps> school. Of course, Kevin Gale is the one who faints on the first day in anatomy <laughs> lab. It couldn't have been anybody else. It had to be Kevin Gale. Tom, if I and Santana... Mm-hmm. If I had to ask you two again, if you could have also fainted the first day and then we all had just faked, like we couldn't get back into the anatomy lab and just been out of like the semesters doing Anki all. For the whole semester? Wouldn't have that been so smart, like the best move ever? Yeah, to not I, do anatomy lab. Yeah. I and I don't necessarily see how you see this playing out, where we like every day fake that we can't get in. I don't necessarily the logistics of it. I'm I'm missing, but I do think that it would have been more fun to screw around with the two of you <laughs> instead of cut apart a disgusting dead body in the anatomy lab for eight hours a I week do, as first semester. I do remember you really enjoying some of the anatomy dissection and taking pride in doing a good job. Because I think at that point you even knew you kind of were thinking about surgery. So I do remember Definitely. you enjoyed anatomy lab at some points. There were parts of it that I really enjoyed and there were parts of it that I really did not enjoy. The abdomen and the pelvis were just disgusting. And I really did not love that. <laughs> but like the face and kind of dissecting out some of the heart pieces and kind of the muscles of the arm and the leg, I really loved it. I thought it was very cool. It was very clean and um, definitely a more enjoyable experience. So it, my, my experience, you know, I think as anyone probably would describe, or some people just hated the whole thing, which is fine too. But um, there were some days that I really loved, and there were some days that you could not get me out of there fast enough. And it was absolutely <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> and you know what they say, uh, your body buddies, you're gonna be, they're going to be in your wedding. You're going to be so close with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, am still, I don't know if they'll be in my wedding, but they might, I don't know, maybe they will, I guess. My body <laughs> buddies are fabulous. Um, so one of them, Kelly Edwards, she just matched into orthopedic surgery so cool. at so sick. University of Minnesota. So badass surgeon girl, love that, and super stoked for her. It's what she wanted, and I'm super happy. My other body buddy, Ruthie Baker, matched into OBGYN at the University of Minnesota, another badass girl surgeon that we love to see and is going to kill it. She's super stoked to be here. My last body buddy ended up hating uh, Anatomy Lab so much that he became a dentist. But that is a story for another time. (laughs) It's a story for another. Becoming a dentist. Becoming a dentist, right. You know, this pod is not called Becoming a Dentist, so we absolutely will not be discussing this. Or maybe he loved it so much, he got into the dental program so he could do anatomy again, again. as a first year dentist. That's a great student. point. You know, I that's that now we're talking you're a spin doctor. I never thought of it that way. <laughs> I you that, that is one way that we could interpret the situation. The, well, uh, I never thought of it that as way. As long as we're giving shout outs to body buddies, uh please. You know match day was disappointing for me. Frustrated with the system, frustrated with some of the programs. 100%. But there are things that make me pause and not hate the system 100%. One is my roommate Santana Sanchez matching to his number one program. That's awesome. Yeah, 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 boy. My body buddy, Army John, has a family and kids and a house and a Mm -hmm. partner who has a job here in Minnesota. 
And University of Minnesota were able to make a spot for them at the anesthesiology uh, residency. Mm-hmm. So shout out to Army John. Shout out. For being able to Well, stay. yeah, but let's also, we also have to shout out Army John. I mean, like, he was, his academic, his personal accomplishments also absolutely oh, 100% yeah. qualified him. So by no means was anybody doing him a favor. No, not that. at all. It was UMA giving him a favor. I want, we got to yeah, also no, pump his tires a little bit and say. <laughs> Army John's the he, best. Army John's the best. He earned and hustled and grinded with two or three kids at home. I don't. I can barely keep myself alive. Honestly, <laughs> he matched into anesthesiology, a great and competitive specialty, with a wife and two or three kids, and um, doing it all. You know, doing it all, and and so huge shout out to him, your body buddy. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. He deserves it. Uh, Santana, any, any body buddy shout outs? As long as we're thinking about the anatomy lab. Shout out to Cece DiCaprio, most likely yeah. to be Dean. <laughs> Way to go. I always believe She's in the East Coast, yo. Yo. Where, I, I actually don't know where she matched him. Oh, Santana, this is really disappointing. I know. East Coast, I'm West not. Coast. Do you know where East she's Coast, matching? Coast. I do. She's going peds to Johns Hopkins. Oh, oh, I did, did know that. Did I did you? Know she's that. a coastie. Did you? That's uh, so sick. Did you memorize so everyone's match? That's so no, sick. Shout out CC. Not CeCe. everyone's. Right. Shout but, out CC. But you know her well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. CC and I, we're, I mean, I don't know if she would say that we're tight, but I like CC a ton and I think we're pretty friendly and, you know, it's sweet. We got to keep the East Coast gang together. So Santana, peace out. See you never. <laughs> Whoa. All right. Bye. Does, uh, Madison, Wisconsin count as East Coast? Or? Madison, you know, Rachel made many jokes during her interviews that talking about how she, you know, headed east for college to Madison, Wisconsin, and they always, in her words, got a laugh. So I think it's very appropriate to say Madison, Wisconsin. It's on the east coast of Lake Monona, I think, right? Isn't that true? Yeah, exactly. That's mm-hmm. got to count for something. That's, or Lake Mendota, uh, one of those lakes. Um, and... Saint We're going to roll with it. Any other shout-outs for the Body Buddies? Shout-out, Sarah. She matched Family Medicine here in the Twin Cities. Sweet. Sarah who? Sarah, uh, I don't know. What, she got married. Name? Her last name was Yay when we were Body Buddies. Right. Oh, like Snelgis or something. Yes. Like a, there's a J in there. That yep. throws me off. And then shout-out, Sammy Gibson, matching psychiatry awesome. here in the Twin Cities. Also, awesome. oh, so exciting. So sick. So sick. Shout-out, you guys. I think that's her top choice as well. Dang. Love to see it. Uh, yeah. We need go. more psychiatrists, so that's good stuff. Back to the anatomy lab days. Did good. Sammy Gibson come on the pod? Lab. No. Oh. Uh, no, she was no, waiting Sammy Gi- post-match. Sammy Gibson's too good for the pod, dog. Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> no, yeah, no doubt. doubt. This uh, pod gets the low lowlifes. Sammy, <laughs> Sammy Gibson is too that's good That's why we reached pod. out to you week one. We said we want Tom on. I know. There's no He's one meant better for the pod. For this pod. Yeah, this Tom is the low life that this pod is meant for. That's exactly right. I couldn't agree more. Uh, okay. I had to play hard to get for a little bit, though. Last question. Santana, oh, tee it up. The last question is, what is your hottest take? Uh, my hottest take. All right, here's my hottest take. This is one that I absolutely, this was used this past weekend, but it's one that I absolutely agree with. So I have to partially give credit to Rachel, who said it first, but I agree, and we've talked about it together many times, how it is that adult people should not be consuming milk in quantities (laughs) larger than a splash in their coffee or part of cereal. 
if at any point you're an adult and you're drinking a glass of milk, <laughs> you're doing it wrong. This is doubly so if the milk is anything less than 2%. Skim milk is just water that's grosser than water. Wow. 2%, the only... I have... Abs- I, I can't... I, there's nothing more to say. What about my bones? You want me to have uh, osteoporosis? Is that what you're saying? Dude, no, no, no. Your bones are fine. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, my God. Santana, what are your thoughts? Just, you know. Uh, you wait, know. wait, wait. Before we go into it, May 7th, 2021, business.com, list of 100 top-selling grocery items in 2021. Okay. Guess where milk is. Top 100. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's like five two. Number two. Oh, (laughs) that's what I'm saying. It's higher than chips. It's higher than eggs. It's higher than bread. It's higher than beer. Yeah. No, you should. If you have children, they should be drinking milk. But Mm -hmm. once you if your body is not able to handle milk on its own without taking one of those little lactase pills. Yeah, absolutely. You should not be drinking milk and (laughs) taking a pill. That's a hint. Don't be drinking milk. And your body's trying to tell you something. Yeah, you're yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Oh, every time that I eat this peanut, my whole face swells up and I can't breathe. Hmm, I'm going to EpiPen myself every time and still keep eating peanuts. Like, come on, man. Come on. Oh so, my hottest God. take, what adults about- should not be drinking glasses of milk, doubly so if it's anything less than I'll, 2%. I'll tell you in Many years I was a doing piano player before med school, and I'd come home after work, and I'd make myself two pieces of toast with some peanut butter on there, mm-hmm. and I'd t- pour, pour myself a tall glass of milk and put like a scoop of Nesquik chocolate and make it chocolate milk. That was, oh. that was once a week for probably five years of my life. Wow. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah, well. Grow up, you know, dude. Cho- Chocolate milk is a slightly different scenario, and I'm not sure. I, I, I cannot provide a hot take about chocolate milk and adults. Okay. However, um, that you know that's a that's a gray borderline area that I'm going to refrain from commenting on. However, uh, had you not put the chocolate Nesquik powder in, our friendship would be over right now. Dang. What about this? What about this? I'm going to the state fair, and I get myself a big old bucket of cookies, oh. and there's one dollar unlimited milk uh, right down the road yeah, how about that tom am i milk allowed how, how many times are you filling up your glass to eat with the cookies unlimited unlimited uh-uh. as many as it t- um, so you're <laughs> chugging so you're ch- so nothing i'm tells, guzzling nothing, nothing goes better on a hot summer day than a nice glass of milk <laughs> give me a break my and thoughts then, like, exactly it coats the inside your mouth and your throat and you're like oh my gosh can i just have some water like a real liquid on this hot day <laughs> Thank you for this unlimited milk that I, I don't, give. I don't no even know way. if you believe this tape, but you're doing a great job selling it. I'll tell you that much. No, no way, no way. All right. yeah, you can drink one glass if you have your cho- You have your huge bucket of cookies, mm-hmm. and you're like dipping the cookies in the milk, and yep. you're kind of like it's sort of like a cereal situation. Okay, but if at any point the cookies are gone. You are going back for like your third cup of milk or more? Getting Absolutely my, not. I'm getting my money's worth, dude. I am. Um, your money. Your it's not about. It's a principal thing, Santana. It's not about money. You should have spent the dollar in the first place. That's what I have to say about getting your money's worth. Whoa! I, I can't wait to get 
from Santana and I as a thank you for coming on the pod. We're going to get you a two-gallon skim milk <laughs> jug <laughs> delivered. Does, does milk come in a two gallon in two gallons? Yeah, like yep. a, Where do no you idea. get a two-gallon thing of milk? Cub Foods. We used to do it all the time. We're going to get it custom ordered. <laughs> custom ordered. A keg of milk. Bring me a keg. We're going to have a milk keg. Oh, that's funny. Straight from the dairy farm. That is funny. What about this? Oh. If I'm out right. and I'm eating hot wings, the hottest on the menu, yes. my mouth is burning, just scorched. Yeah. And yeah. I need multiple, I need some dairy. You know, a calm down that milk. heat. What do you think about that? Is it okay then? Is that okay? I explain to me this like my mouth is scorched and I need some dairy. <laughs> I've never experienced that emotion before, and I'm I'm interested to hear you describe the situation in which well you're just craving a nice glass of milk after burning your mouth off with hot wings. Yeah, well, I'm a little bit of a heat seeker. Uh, Absolutely, thrill seeker. I knew I've known I've known that from about you since the very beginning, Santana. You are a heat seeker. <laughs> Good. Just gotta get that out there. Uh, so sometimes you, your heat seeking abilities leads you astray, and you get you bite off more than you can chew, so to speak. Yeah. And of you're course. crying, and your <laughs> mouth is. Is this bef- Is this before or after you've eaten the wings? <laughs> uh, it, sometimes it's before, but inevitably it's also after. So and Santana's you drink sweating. water. He's crying. You drink water, yeah. and that just makes it worse. Yep. You eat a piece of bread. Worse. Worse. And you're like, I need my uh, capsaicin receptors on my tongue to be bound up by a random yep. assortment of proteins. What am I going to yep. go to? Liquid protein, baby. Chug down that glass of whole milk, but it's still not enough. It only brings it from a 1,000 down to a 500. So then you're having two glasses. Then you're having three glasses. <laughs> Is that okay, or should I just, you know? <laughs> I have a, I have a lot of questions about this situation when you're chugging milk after crying from hot wings. Yeah, but you know, I think we're really getting into the weeds here. Yeah, it's, a good point. it's a good point. Never find myself. <laughs> Let's I, take a step I, I'm back. Skeptical. I'd ever find myself in that scenario. I'm not sure that I, <laughs> uh, you know, can get fully on board. But I mean, it is what it is. If you're not doing that at least once a month, you're not living life. That's what I say. That is a hot take, I think. That might be your hottest take. If you're not crying for wings. Yeah, we got yeah. two hot takes right here. Hey, two for the there price of go. one. Two for the price of one. It's hard to imagine oh, that. Uh, that's pretty good, dude. You entertain the hell out of me. That's a great take. take. I don't know if it's right or wrong, but it's hot for sure. Doesn't, well, that's what matters, right? It doesn't yeah, matter. Exactly. It's, it's not about being right or wrong. It's it's a hot, it's spicy. It's a hot take. So what's the age cutoff? My last question. Oh, yeah. I know sure. I know. we're getting a little bit granular here. Yeah. Getting in the weeds. You know, yeah. If we're going to do like a binary scale, I think, you know, adulthood, 18 would be an easy cutoff. I think that that's appropriate. You go to college, done. There should be no milk in your mini fridge. It should be only beer. The closest you're allowed to come to milk in the mini fridge is a milk stout, which is beer. <laughs> but I line. think it's appropriate to think about, you know, as you get a little older, maybe you hit, you know, you finish elementary school and you're, you know, you're drinking a glass or two a day, one at breakfast, one at dinner. You hit middle school, maybe it's a glass with breakfast and half a glass with dinner. You know, I think it's – I'm not opposed to the whole weaning off. You get to high school, it's sure. maybe half a glass with 
breakfast and then right. you know it, it so it's, it doesn't shock the system when you know you hit 18 <laughs> and all of a sudden the only milk you're allowed to consume is you know milk stout which as i said before is beer right yeah you milk don't want to go and milk duds that's the only kind of milk right thing. milk stout and milk duds right that's that's exactly correct so you know i think that um i have no hot take oh, about sorry. when the exact adulthood hits but I'm open to uh, different interpretations. We should do some data analysis. I think I'd like to. I'd like to make this hot take as data driven as possible. <laughs> Gotta and, be data driven. Uh, absolutely, evidence based. Really well, evidence based. <laughs> this is an evidence based hot take. As three people who have published together in in an article here or there, mm-hmm. it's a great point. Maybe we'll think about another future article publication from the three of us. I can't Sanchez, wait. Great point. Sorensen, Gale, Elfman. <laughs> and, <laughs> And, yes, and you know, now that you mention it, our article about abdominal pain, I think it was, yep. and I don't think at any point we mentioned asking the patient about her quantity yeah, I of didn't. milk drink. That wasn't part of the So HBI. it's very possible that, you know, she got the surgery, she decided to just start housing milk. <laughs> her, <laughs> her stomach just hurts like crazy. It was milk to Surgery huh? gets it again, stops drinking milk, and we're back to normal. So i really like to raise that as, you know, I'm surprised the reviewers didn't mention anything about that, but... I think uh, post hoc, I'd like to say something oh, that heck. it's very possible that milk could You're have so been ridiculous. the culprit in that situation. <laughs> no, I, I actually added that in in the final edit in the limitations. We did not oh. mention uh, milk, milk history, <laughs> milk consumption history, milk consumption history. So oh. that's why they publish it. I'm pretty sure. Uh, Tom, anything else before you go? I mean, you brought it. A game Thank brought. You. Well, I figured I had to because it's been so long. You've been asking for so long, and finally, uh, here I am. So I'm honored to have been included. Thank you for inviting me. You are uh, entertaining hosts, nonetheless. Um, I probably will not be back on this podcast ever again. <laughs> wow. One and done. Uh, yeah, well, once I, once I have become a doctor, then I don't need becoming a doctor, right? And it's, it's, it's a lifelong, past tense. It's a lifelong journey, Tom. Come on, dude. You know that. <laughs> Good point. Great point. Uh, all right. Well, I'll probably see you in like an hour at your place or something. <laughs> yeah, sounds great. Come on over. We'll have a glass of milk together. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Catch you later. Peace. See you, dude. Bye. Thanks. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. That was great. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, truly this man for the past... How long have we been doing this? Over a year? Over a year. Hey, Tom, you're one of our best buddies. Would you come on our podcast? Shut up. <laughs> Do you think I'm going to damage my reputation like that? <laughs> Jeopardize my chances? You must be out of your mind. <laughs> you do a good Tom impression, I really, I must say. Oh, that's funny. Uh, but I'm glad we finally got him. Yeah. Yeah, he brought it. That's so hilarious. Tom probably chugged four cups of coffee before the pod <laughs> brought the energy. Uh, I did used to drink a ton of milk when I was a kid, and now I don't. So, so something he's saying is is adding up. Yeah, it's interesting to think about, but not that interesting. Not let's that move, interesting. Let's move on. <laughs> Enough milk talk. Shout out to Tom. What's next? What's our next topic, dude? Next up, we've got everybody's favorite segment, Kevin's Corner. Yeah. Hit it. Kevin's corner. I said I said Santana, let's pod. I might be in a in a sad mood because uh like I said, match didn't go as well as we expected, and now I have to uproot my partner's life. 
100% disruptive, except for mm. the constant of Kevin. Yep. <laughs> uh, so I, two things popped in my, one thing popped in my head right away for Kevin's Corner. Yes. And I'm going to give you the option oh. of what you want to hear about. Mm. Do you want to hear about, this is, what I, this is what I'm leaning towards. Okay. The monopoly. Oh, boy. The legal monopoly that is residency work. Because two minutes before we went on this pod, I'm like, oh, we have to certify, oursel- certify ourselves for uh, cardiac life support, advanced cardiac life support. Right. And everyone has to do it. And for some reason, we're all paying out of our own pocket to do it. Yeah, it's like hundreds of dollars. Hundreds of dollars, even though it's required for our job. Mm-hmm. But we can't ask our future job to pay for it because we have no bargaining rights because we are part of a legal monopoly. And there is... Monopolies are illegal in the United States, but there is legislation that has been passed to make this one legal. So do you want to hear about that? That's who I'm leaning towards. Okay. A little heavy, but very pertinent to our journey. Pertinent. Or do you want to look forward and try to be a little bit more positive and look at the well-being toolkit for residents? Uh, brought to you by the American Psychiatric Association in 2018. They put together a huge toolkit, evidence-based, how to make residency more palatable for residents. Well, this is a tough decision. It's up to you. And you know... I leave it in your hands. I never make a decision on an empty stomach, so... <laughs> <laughs> Let me drink a glass of milk. <laughs> Just kidding. We only drink one drink on this podcast. You know what it is. The best. That's the best sounder. It truly is. It's bubbly. Lime bubbly's back at the podcast headquarters. <sighs> okay. No, I want to hear your first one. <laughs> Obviously. Obviously. Um, don't you have a sounder for that? Obviously. Obviously. Well, there's like a ton of articles on. Do I not have one? The residency monopoly. Yes. <laughs> As close as I got. Obviously. I don't have it. You don't have one? No, remember, he kind of, we like looked really closely. Oh, yeah, he doesn't have a good one, right? Yeah, it's kind of chopped at the end. So, uh, as I set up this Kevin's Corner segment, there is a legal monopoly. How did this come to be? Which we have talked about before. Yes, and I'm going to repeat everything. Oh, perfect. Because you've forgotten it. I my, my dad has forgotten it. A lot of people have forgotten it. It's worth rehashing. Yes. There's an article in The Atlantic. It says, why so many young doctors work such awful hours? Mm. That's the article title in The Atlantic. What is that again? Why so many young doctors work such awful hours. And what are we? Young doctors. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Here's the subtitle. You know how most articles have a title and they have a little subtitle? Mm Mm-hmm. Neither. Here's the subtitle. Neither truck drivers nor bankers would put up with a system like the one that influences medical resident schedules. So, you know, everyone knows residents work too hard. Of course. <laughs> you can't negotiate. It's a monopoly. We're assigned a place. I can't go back to my employer and say, can you guys pay for my advanced cardiac life support? I can't say... Hey, can I negotiate a fourth week of vacation? Can I negotiate salary? None of that is uh, part of our decision-making process. Mm-mm. So I'm going to skip ahead and tell you 
how this is a thing. Uh, some point, they all came together to say, Match J is the best way to get all these new doctors into the system, and we're not going to take away all their rights to make a monopoly. Uh, so we're skipping over that. When, at mm-hmm. some point in 2002, a group of residents, this is from the article. Yes. A group of residents brought a lawsuit challenging the match as an illegal contract in restraint of trade or commerce, which is in violation of the federal antitrust laws. Right. Oh, and going back really quick. Yeah. When the match was initially uh, created, created, residents and young doctors at the time had these exact same complaints. They said, this is uh, an anti-competitive practice. Yep. This is uh, a terrible labor practice. And it's exclusionary of people that had previously been included in the pool for U.S. doctors, people from Puerto Rico at the time, and people from Canada, and then some people from Mexico as well. Those guys all got cut out of the process. Of Yeah. Because they decided only United States medical mm-hmm. student graduates. And these days, it's a little bit better, you know, people who aren't, it's not only for U.S. MDs and USDOs, but they do make up the majority of people yeah. that match. Yep. Anyways, so these aren't new things in 2002. No. This is like over 50, like 50 years ago before this. These concerns were already being raised. Love it. 2002, group of residents brought the lawsuit. It is a violation of federal antitrust laws. Mm-hmm. Which makes sense, right? If you can't negotiate and you're forced into a contract, and there's one organization that that does all the details of, of work hours, you know, pay, all that stuff, right? Yep. Um. And you know what happened. I will read it again for you. Under lobbying from the (laughs) AAMC. Under lobbying from the AAMC. And the AAMC is American. What is it? American Association of Medical Colleges. Uh. Yeah, AAMC. Boom. Uh, So it's the gigantic organization that's in charge of medical students, medical residents, everything like that. So under lobbying from this gigantic national organization... Uh, Congress disagreed. Uh, Congress immediately enacted legislation immunizing medical training programs from antitrust liability. So basically the bad guys lobbied Congress and made it a legal monopoly. Right. The bad guys. um, Being the AAMC, which we have many other examples of why the AAMC are the bad guys. Right. They send me... Paper mail every <laughs> week to my mom's house. She keeps stacks of it. That's reason number one in my book. So, uh, what is the product of this legal monopoly? Uh, so, it, it goes on to say: while residency program administrators no doubt take the educational obligation seriously, which is true, right? All our program directors are looking out for us. They care for us. Oh yeah. Um, it also says residents are a cheap source of skilled labor that can fill gaps in coverage. They are paid a fixed, modest salary that, on an hourly basis, is on par that paid to a hospital cleaning staff. And even on an absolute basis, not an hourly basis, an absolute basis, about half of what nurse practici- practitioners typically earn while working more than twice as many hours. Mm-hmm. Adjusted for inflation, resident salaries have remained essentially unchanged for the last 40 years. And that was wow. in 2018. Mm-hmm. There's some things that have changed since then. Modest modifications. 
But on the whole, it's still a legal monopoly. Mm-hmm. We are not able to negotiate. Yep. We are completely powerless to the system. Yeah, and then we're supposed to show up on Friday and celebrate. <laughs> <laughs> Yay! Yeah, when you put match day in that context, it's even harder to swallow. But a lot of people are excited. A lot of our peers are excited to start the new chapter. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, And I said this to Danny many times, and I will say to you, uh, a lot of our peers have not left the Midwest, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, Myself have, included. Right. You know, went to school in Chicago, mm-hmm. born and raised in Minnesota, and are excited to like go on an adventure, kind of. Exactly. Head to the West Coast, head to the mountains. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe on the whole, they just treat us like that. Like, just they will be excited about this adventure no matter what. Um, but yeah, it's for match day, even with the best results, if you factor all this in, is it really something to celebrate with, like, with the system? About the system? No, the system's garbage. As we've said, I feel like we've said times, this I know. every week. But also, you know, you told me just like right before the pod, you got to compartmentalize. Mm-hmm. You got to be sad. You got to be frustrated. You also have to, at some points, celebrate and look for the positives. Otherwise, you know, you're going to tear yourself apart. Yeah, I think there's space for both. Um, uh, kind of like what Tom was saying, you know. Those they're going to be living apart for quite a few years, um, which has got to be a huge disappointment. Uh, and and you can be excited about you can be excited going to NYU, going to NYU, right? Going yep. to uh, Leahy, and also you got to be you you got to be proud of yourself. Uh, Do we have a platitude sounder? <sighs> no, I'm kidding. This is gonna sound like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Blattitudes. there's got to be uh, there's got to be space to be proud of making it through this in general. We've right. talked a lot on the podcast about how medical school is uh, kind of silly at some points. There's a lot of sil- busy work, a lot of fourth year downtime, a lot of downtime. But I mean, it's a ton of work, no doubt. It's a ton of work just to get into medical school. It's a huge sacrifice. Um, and if you're not proud of that accomplishment, uh, that's just insane. Right. You know, and it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen automatically. No. Getting through med school. And this might be the last just major setback where we don't have control. Maybe if you go into fellowship, exact same process where you got to apply, you got to get letters, you got to match to a fellowship, but I'm not going to go into fellowship immediately. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I can promise you that. So mm-hmm. this might be the last big setback. And from here, it's on all up, all uphill. Mm-hmm. And as I said to you off pod, I will be excited when my partner's excited and has a fulfilling career and has a community in Madison. I will be thrilled to be in Madison. Yes. That's Kevin's corner. Uh, yeah, man. Antitrust laws in this nation. <laughs> Don't even get me started. No, I mean, a lot of times, the big bad corporations get broken up, right? Like what? I could give you... I should just Google it because I don't have them off the top of my head. I'll tell you what. It has not happened in like 100 years. 
Okay. Standard Oil, I want to say, was the last one. <laughs> in 1908. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. But it's also... Uh, it goes. That's part of the system, right? That's the AMC. You got enough money. You got. They certainly have more money than all the medical students. Another oh. another interesting thing about this article mm-hmm. before we move on. Yeah, it talks about um, how physicians, uh, residents like us, we wouldn't all get together and strike because you would be. It'd be almost nearly impossible because we're all at different institutions. Yep, it'd be like so impossible. To, do a national strike but also like you would be really screwing over all the patients in the hospitals as a residence yeah yeah like if the residents just left most of the hospitals would be uh very very short-staffed and would be in a real pinch yeah it would be yeah it would be devastating right for yeah i mean yeah i mean we're we're in a tight spot tight spot i remember um, I was reading about unionizations at uh, residency programs. Yeah. There's a few across the country that yep. have unions. And I don't remember where it was, but some residency program, internal medicine residency that has a ton of a ton of students um, at multiple hospitals, they went on, they did a walkout. And I think they did it for like, I want to say, I don't remember exactly. It was an hour or less yeah. was yep. what they could manage. Right. Because there's no, there's no slack in the system, right? Um, and that was like that's that's as big of a sim. I mean, like it's a symbolic gesture at that point. Yeah, for sure. That was their way of saying we want to change, mm-hmm. but we can't like screw over patients. Exactly. So that's Kevin's corner. There you go. Next time, let's promise it now. Next time, I will look forward on how to. We, you and I can make changes where we can decrease burnout and have higher satisfaction in residency. Let's go into that. Switch to the positives. Hunt for the positives. Hunt for them. Next time on Becoming a Doctor, (laughs) Santana and Kevin look forward to the next stage of their medical training and hunt for the positives. We got to get you on the radio. We got to do it. Uh, Hit the sounder. That's Kevin's Corner. All right, you got a tap dance for 30. Uh, oh, yeah. You got a tap dance for, for one minute. Tap dance? Yep, I'll be right back. Okay, well, we're coming to the end of our pod here. Kevin's leaving for some reason. Uh, he told me to tap dance. I don't know what that means. Hopefully, he edits this part out. Um,. So I'm thinking about getting my white coat as a resident. It's one of my to-do items for onboarding. And they got all these options. Three three pocket, four pocket, buttons, snaps, ties. Do I want my name to be embro- do I want my name to be embroidered in cursive in all capitals? I don't know. I don't even know what size my white coat is. How would I find that out? The one I have currently is a medium. What does that mean? So, uh, if you guys have any suggestions, just write into Kevin J. Gale. Let me know what you think. Five pocket, three pocket. Kevin J. Gale at gmail.com. Yeah. <laughs> do I put my middle name on there? <sighs> I don't know. I mean, how do you decide such important decisions in your life? It's been keeping me up all night. <laughs> yeah. 
Thanks for stalling. Time you're, for the mailbag. You're welcome. Ta- our, our last segment. Do we have a mailbag? Yeah. We got all kinds of questions. Oh, right. Dude. I forgot. All kinds of questions. So, like always, I will hit... I have so many freaking sounders on my phone. I'll hit the <laughs> mailbag sounder. This one's good. They'll be writing to you. No blasted letters today. No, sir. (laughs) Did you make that sound? Yeah, I made it up. That's awesome. That's the best one. (laughs) I was like, I just Googled any male mentions and then put the Harry Potter sound at the beginning so you knew what was going on. (laughs) I love it. All right, what do we got? Open up that mailbag. Oh, yeah. Crinkle, crinkle, snap, crackle. Um, so mailbag, hot off the mail. Mail. <laughs> uh, one of our listeners asked us. Oh. Out of all the people that you know who work at the medical school, who do you think has the toughest job? The toughest job. And I, I might have told you this yesterday, but I'll retell you this again. Did I tell you about my meeting with our academic advisor yesterday? No. So the goat, the goat. Her name is Addie. She's an academic advisor, and mm-hmm. she ensures that we all graduate without the least amount of stress possible. Like, make sure we are hitting our marks, getting our classes, getting our credits. Um, mm-hmm. Not only that, all the academic advisors had to do a huge change during COVID to try to make us graduate on time, right? With no increase in salary, no bonuses. Right, just working their butts off. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, we love Addie, the goat. Yep. And so I met with her yesterday because I, uh, because of the match results, I didn't want to take my last rotation. It was kind of geared towards the t- Twin Cities. Right. So I had to meet with her and figure out a new plan for the last month. Hmm. And she's like, "Oh, how'd match go for you?" And uh, I was sad. Mm-hmm. We've talked about, and she kind of started getting tearful. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to tell on Zoom, right? You never really know. Right. But I I am always, I always think there should be space for that. Mm-hmm. And so I said, Eddie, it looks like you're sad right now or getting tearful. Um, do you want to share? And she did. And she got more sad and more tearful because match week is so difficult on students who don't match. Yeah. Uh, at least pre-soap who don't match mm-hmm. which was like the last monday when we found out so that's so hard on students which is hard on the academic advisors during that week because they are like an integral part of like trying to get them get everything ready for them to reapply and like scramble for residency oh sure and then she said the system is just so bad it's n- it's not worth the heartache it causes these students like it needs to be changed for that alone, mm-hmm. um, and and then we both like kind of grieved a little bit, and then we moved on and like what I should do. But when this mailbag came in, what's the hardest job in the medical school? Mm-hmm. That's the first thing that popped into my mind. I'm I'm here meeting with our academic advisor over Zoom, and it's so hard during the last week that she becomes tearful. Right. It's truly tragic. Yeah. Not getting paid overtime. Not necessarily have space to work through that. 
And she even mentioned her grandparent. I mean, her parents took her son for the week. Wow. To give her space to be able to like be on call twenty four seven. Oh my gosh. Which is also, just shocking. You know. Yeah. Um, that is shocking. Yeah, and um, so is, is the academic advisor. Are they one of the hardest? That's is a hard. It, is there something else that comes to mind? That's I a, don't think it's my final answer, but that's a hard job, and uh, that's insane that she literally basically loses a week. Like that's just another example of how there's uh, all this, for lack of a better term, like collateral damage from the match. Like, like you're saying. Your partner is collateral damage. I mean, sincerely, literally has no n- no say in this process. Right. I mean, we barely have we have we have very little power. Right, literally none. And that envelope, like you're saying, changes eighty percent of her life. <laughs> uh, in in an instant, and she has no input. Right. Just out of nowhere. Right. And this match process doesn't even take her into consideration. Addie Irvine, this isn't her job to be on call for a week. I know, right? That's not no what she signed up for. Nine to five, academic advisor. Yeah, she's doing it she's doing a ton of stuff already. Right. Uh, that's crazy that she doesn't even have time to take care of her, her kiddos right. during this week because of this st- so, <laughs> terrible process. <laughs> and Addie's been, she's the longest standing academic advisor. Mm-hmm. So she probably knows, like, this is going to be such a hard week. It's a hard week for me every week. I'm going to do things like where my grand, my parents can take sure. my son, or that, you know, that kind of thing. But um, that's that's way above and beyond. Yeah, like, it's crazy. damage. It's crazy. Me. Just so disruptive. Like, of course, we, or I think so selfishly, like, oh, this is a really stressful week for me because of this uncertainty. Right. But it just, like, you know, blew up people's lives. Yeah. Yep. Anyways, that sucks. Yeah. She probably, she has a really hard job because there's, it also just seems like a huge headache to coordinate all that mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know who else even works at our medical school. <laughs> <laughs> there's the deans. Well, we introduced like three of them at the thing. There's the deans. Dean Bob, Dean Rosenberg, Dr. Michael Kim, Dr. Robin Michaels. They're all deans. They're all deans. deans. So they do dean stuff. They're also doctors on the side. Right. As a side gig. So that seems pretty hard. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I don't know. I truly don't know. The bridge counselors, there's two of them now. There's two of them. Who um, day in, day out, counsel med students. But that's also their job. Mm -hmm. They also have work hours that really aren't reached. So I'm not necessarily saying they are like the hardest medical. Who has the hardest job? Is that Dean Tolar who has constant Zoom meetings and makes appearances? Uh, I don't think so. Well, his job is probably uh his job is probably pretty hard, you know, just take like he probably has no time, no free time. Yes, but he also has a full-time um administrative coordinator. Like a full-time PR guy, mm-hmm. somebody who writes all his emails. Mm-hmm. Um, same kind of, so like going down the chain, well, I know Dean Bob, who's the dean of our school, he is kind of an administrative coordinator, et cetera, et cetera. What about Dr. Michael Kim, dean of student affairs, who doesn't have administrative coordinator and and is supposed to be kind of like 
the catch all for stresses. Right. It's gotta be a tough job. You know, this is a question. I have no idea. That's my answer. I have no clue. Okay. (laughs) Uh, I know Michael Kim deals with a lot for the medical school and I know that he works at the hospital kind of a lot. I've seen him there multiple, multiple times. Right. Whereas I think, uh, Dean Bob does like a month out of the year these days or something like that. Right. I don't want to, I mean, I don't know. Uh, but somebody rotated with him and they said that he was really excited because he doesn't get to get back in the hospital that often. Um, but they also are paid doctor's salaries, not like competitive private hospital doctor's salaries. Mm-hmm. What about Addy or the academic advisors who aren't paid doctor's salaries right. and have to work overtime mm-hmm. and don't get paid for it? I don't know. I don't know. This is a weird question. Shout out to Addy, the academic advisor. Shout out to Addy, truly the goat. Time to share the story about her being sad. Time to appreciate her Mm -hmm. and what they do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, certainly she's the person that uh, has helped me the most in medical school. Just like make sure that I graduate. Right. Uh, On time. Yeah. Check all the boxes. Mm-hmm. Help me with my away rotations. My yep. multiple attempts. Ugh. Thanks, Addie. <laughs> uh, okay. That's the mailbag. Let's hit the sounder one more time. Ready for the transition where Harry screams or something? How is this letter? Take it back. It's mine. Yours. They'll be writing to you. No blasted letters today. No, sir. <laughs> no, sir. <laughs> so what do you think for the white coat? Five pockets, three pockets? Uh, yeah, I think you should go with your gut. <laughs> That's what I think. Okay. <laughs> Great. It's like a you do you. The podcast is always better when the two of us are both on it. I'll say that much. <laughs> when either of us has to stall for time, you lose 50% of the entertainment. Right you there. do. Uh... All right, anything else? No, that's it. I think uh, podcast basically over. Is this our saddest podcast? I don't know. It's hard for me to remember <laughs> the good days, the, the happy times. It's all this dark cloud. It's also so today. cloudy outside so today. It's gloomy. It's rainy. Ugh. Yeah. Yep. Ugh. Ugh. That's what I have to say. Yug. Um, well, That's, I'm proud of you, bud. Thank you. I'll end on the positives. If Danny can get a fulfilling job and get plugged into a community, whether that be a choir program, a figure skating group, a running group, right? Mm-hmm. And we can get a nice little house in Madison, rent it. Cute. And we can play at the piano bar once a month uh-huh. or once a week, like for an hour. Mm-hmm. It'll be great. I'll be, I'll be thrilled. Madison's a good city. You know, get her coming home. It'll be a, it'll be a really awesome experience once everything's settled. And right, that'll, that'll take some time, but I know in the long run things will be fine. It's a platitude, but I do believe it. Mm-hmm. So I believe it as well. There you go. And just remember, nothing lasts forever. Huh? <laughs> like we say every week, <laughs> a bird, bird in, in the, the hand, hand is worth two in the bush. bush. See ya.